Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, it is much more than just the playoff. Feel. It's got a holiday touch to it. My goodness, is Mr. Chubby's ever buzzing. No place I'd rather be. Okay, I don't care about the temperature. It is plush inside. It is warm and fuzzy inside. Dare I say it's even cozy inside. I have right in front of me this beautiful picture of Santa and one of his elves. And right there, Miller Lights just all over the place. I'm so jealous because right now I'm nursing a Diet Coke. Sooner or later, though, Miller Lite will be calling my name. Do you realize you come by right now, you can get two-for-one Miller Lite drafts. You can get two-for-one Miller Lite pitchers. Other domestics, same deal, $3 wines, $3 wells. The celebration is ongoing. What a fun team this Jacksonville Jaguars uh, club is. It's it just each and every week uh, playing for one another. I don't know. It, it just feels really Unlike anything that I've seen around here, probably going back to that great stretch that they made in year two back in 1996. So, Jacksonville, a big winner. Of course, 19-3 a night ago. They continue to control their own destiny. you got to win them all. you got to go punch Houston right in the mouth next week, and you get a couple of extra days now to rest. And that's a good thing because, obviously, this time of year, it – it is about attrition. It's about surviving injuries, and every team is going through it. Just look at some of the quarterbacks that aren't going to play uh, this weekend. Jalen Hurts is out in Philadelphia. Their matchup against Dallas, it's going to be Gardner Minshew. Once again, Russell Wilson out. Lamar Jackson out. Uh, you just go around the league. Uh, Trevor Lawrence took some hits last night. Um, and, and why don't we begin by talking about this offensive line? This offensive of, of, of line has been uh, much maligned. It has been heavily discussed around here forever, right? An offensive line that last year was uh, either first or second in the NFL when it came as far as expenses. Uh, yeah, I believe it was overall the most expensive offensive line in the NFL. And, you know, you watch what happened last night, third play of the game. Quinnen Williams, going to be a game-time decision. What does he do? Breakthrough. Manhandles Tyler Shatley, gets the Trevor Lawrence. You force that sack, and, you know, right out of the gate, you're thinking, hmm, it's wet, you know, it's cold, brutal conditions. Your mind takes you back to earlier this year in a very similar setting. On the road, even though Jacksonville had a 14-0 lead and elected to go for it on fourth and two instead of kicking a 51-yard field goal. Remember Trevor Lawrence, the fumble. 
It would be the first of four fumbles on the day and four overall turnovers, or make that five overall turnovers for the Jaguars. I'm sure that was going through your mind last night, a little bit of, oh, great, here we go again. Third play, strip sack, uh, uh-uh, the defense. The defense comes out, stones them. Zach Wilson sucks. There's really no other way to say it. And Jacksonville dominant again last night in the first half. They only allowed 66 yards to the Jets in the first half. 66 yards, okay? Three first downs to the New York Jets. They couldn't move the ball until they brought in Tim Tebow in the second half, and he started running it. We'll get to that in just a a little bit. But remember, this Jets team, a week ago, they threw it for more than 300 yards against Detroit and and almost got out of there with a win. They lost to the Lions by the score of 20-17. Jacksonville, the much better team. Jacksonville, the far better coach team. Jacksonville last night, both offensively and defensively, calling the right plays, whether it is situational football, run or pass with Doug Peterson. And I even want to give some credit to Mike Caldwell, who, in my opinion, is still on the hot seat. Regardless of what happens the remainder of the year, I'm not convinced that you bring back Mike Caldwell. But I will give him credit for making some changes. And, you know, something as, uh, as simple as sending Andre Sisco last night on a blitz was just flat out phenomenal uh, to sit back and watch so he's starting to call some games I do wonder about how this entire defense is going to look in uh, in 2023 uh, is it more of a 4-3 defense compared to what they've been doing but whether it's pregame adu- uh, adjustments or in-game adjustments Jacksonville has done well now in three consecutive weeks um, you know, taking on teams who certainly are known for their defense in Tennessee, Dallas, and New York, but also being able to turn around themselves and get the job done on the defensive side. Back to the offensive line before I kind of got a little bit sidetracked there. You look at the last two weeks, okay? 48 sacks, Dallas, right? Last night, 39 sacks, the New York Jets. Again, two defenses that are either top five or top ten in several categories, including Dallas being number one in the NFL when it came to sacking the quarterback. And, and again, the Jets uh, were top five with, with 39. So two football games. You've had two tackles hurt. You've had Brandon Sheriff, who clearly is not 100%, and you know he left momentarily last night. You realize that Jacksonville's offensive line in these two games has only allowed two sacks? And the two sacks that were allowed are arguably to two of the very best players in the NFL. And Quinton Williams last night, and certainly Micah Parsons last Sunday. Parsons did have 12 pressures, but he only had one sack against the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line. They continue to do their job when it comes to running the football. Uh, So, you know, last night wasn't a monster night for for Trevor Lawrence. If you you look at statistics and and you look at things that way, uh, but who cares? You know, the bottom line is that they went out and, 
and won a football game. And that's exactly what needed to take place. And the Jaguars did by the score of 19-3. to Let me see, pulling it up right here. I just want to look at it once again, the overall pass-the-rush uh, ratio, which you know I'm a, a major stickler with. Because if you track history and you run the football more than you pass the football in any given game, you're going to win. Okay? Last night, the Jaguars, 39 rushing attempts, 147 yards. Okay. Uh, Workmanlike, you know, and only averaged 3.8. Three of those were Bethard knees that that ended up, you know, taking three yards off the board. Jose Jones, uh, reverse, did not work. So that took three yards off the board. But if you look at ETN, 22 for 83. Trevor Lawrence, 7 for 51. I mean, there were times last night his escapability and I don't want to go Fran Tarkington because Fran Tarkington had a little bit of snake in him. You know, he had a little bit of Kenny Stabler in him. He had the ability to kind of wiggle his way out of um, out of pressure. But there's no way that Fran tucked it and ran and picked up first downs the way that Trevor Lawrence did last night. I mean, how much fun was that to watch? To see him just picking up first downs, getting out of bounds, uh, for the most part, there was one time he took a, a, you know, a good hit. But you look at Lawrence's numbers, man, seven carries, 51 yards, the one-yard touchdown, part of that huge drive, really a, a game-changing drive uh, for the Jaguars where, what, they went 16 plays and ate up 96 yards, became the largest drive of the season uh, for Jacksonville. And again, all of this does add up uh, to a victory. Uh, something outside. Uh, so again, 39 to 31 is the rushing to passing ratio um, one night ago. Something else I really liked when looking at the game was the fact that, you know, Jacksonville was able to respond early. It, it was a huge victory for the defense after the takeaway, right? And the fact that the defense forced New York to attempt a field goal, which they were successful with. And and once again, for a seventh consecutive game, Jacksonville found themselves trailing. For for those who forget, you were down 14-0 a week ago against Dallas. You were down 7-0 and 14-7 two weeks ago against Tennessee. You were down 23 in Detroit. You were down 6 nothing here against Baltimore, but you remembered the drop touchdowns. That very easily could have been a 14 nothing Ravens lead. You were down 20 nothing at Arrowhead, and you were down 17 nothing here before the come-from-behind victory against the Raiders. So this has, been con- you know, this has become kind of the norm here, Jacksonville fighting their way from behind. It never felt like that last night. The defense did their part. To hold the Jets to three, Jacksonville responds with a Riley Patterson field goal, his first of four, to tie it, and then you put up a touchdown and a field goal. You get the Devin Lloyd pick right before the halftime break. So you're going in with a lot of momentum, up 13-3, and yeah, no question about it, that drive there uh, with Trevor Lawrence uh, resulting in the one-yard touchdown I think really broke the back of New York. And all of a sudden, the Jets fans turned. And Zach Wilson looked so 
uh, out of sorts there. And, and just watching what he was attempting to do, and we know that his completion percentage, because we talked about it all week, was just a hair over 54%. He looks totally uncomfortable with everything that's going on right now. And just imagine the difference between pick one and pick two. And so many people were making a big deal this week about how this is a rivalry and it's the second time in consecutive years uh, that, um, you know, New York would have uh, the second pick in the draft going up against, you know, the franchise uh, changer here in Duval with Trevor Lawrence. Please. I mean, and I, I've always wondered why that is. You know, we heard about it with Bradshaw and, uh, and Staubach. You know, we heard about it with Marino and Elway. We certainly heard about it with uh, Tom Brady and, and, and Peyton Manning. I, you know, and I, I talked about this on the, on the pregame show yesterday. I'm trying to think of what's the greatest rivalry, quarterback rivalry, in Jacksonville's history. And to me, it was probably Brunel Bledsoe going back to the 96 AFC championship game, which was played obviously in January of 97. And the only way that that came into fruition was because Mark Brunel was at the University of Washington. He's two years older than Drew Bledsoe. He hosted Bledsoe when he came in for his recruiting visit, but ended up obviously selecting Washington State, but that's really it. I mean, where else? Could you go McNair? Brunel? I mean, was there anyone for Leftwich? Was there anyone for Garrard or Gabbard or Bortles? I I think not. I, I think the quarterback rivalry deal is is very overrated, okay? And you know what? To some extent, you get that in baseball. When you have two great pitchers, oh, you know, it's but they don't face one another. You know, when I grew up in Boston, it didn't matter who Dave Stewart put his toe on the slab for, whether it was Oakland or Toronto, okay, in big games, Dave Stewart found his way through Roger Clemens. The other sports that we watch, whether it's basketball or hockey or whatever, you know, yeah, there's one-on-one interaction, uh, but there never is when talking about quarterbacks facing one another and and you know earlier in the week I I thought that that Lawrence handled this wonderfully to be like you know you can ask me these questions and I know you're probably looking for the canned answer of oh I have so much respect for him and yeah we came in at the same time and he he, he's basically like no there's nothing extra there you know I I gotta beat the Jets defense and Zach Wilson has to beat the Jaguars' defense. I, I thought as a young guy, you know, earlier in the week, he really did put some things into perspective. One other thing I want to mention before the break, and I'm going to take uh, – J.J., have you put the YouTube on yourself back in the studio? Because I, I'm envisioning you right now with maybe a really cool holiday sweater. I don't know, maybe, maybe a hoodie or something. What do you have going on back there? Uh, yes, YouTube is up. I am in a white T-shirt. Okay. That's it? That's it. You don't have anything on your white T-shirt? No, I have a, no. Okay. A Good. white T-shirt and a pink carnation. Oh, did, Richie says you have a pink carnation. Is that true? I'm not even sure what a carnation is. 
<laughs> All right, so we're gonna. Uh, you know what? We even take some calls tonight. We have the Philly Rooster in in uh, in twenty five minutes. We're gonna check the money, and that includes Florida State's bowl game a week from tonight. Uh, I want to do that. That's the only day I'm gonna miss next week. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if Florida State can keep this thing rolling against Oklahoma. Also, we'll we'll check some major NFL games coming up both Saturday and Sunday. But absolutely, whether you want to get us on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010, or if you want to, uh, we'll take some calls in a little bit from Happy Jaguar fans. You can also get me on Twitter, Blue1010XL, but we invite you to come by here uh, to Mr. Chubby's in Ponte Vedra. We're going to be here tonight until 8 o'clock. The extended happy hour continues until 9. Just let me give this to you real quick because this is something else that, you know, I mentioned earlier during the week, and I also talked about it yesterday uh, during the pregame. But the two numbers that really stuck out when Jacksonville lost 26-21 a year ago to the New York Jets, New York in that football game ran the football for 273 yards, okay? Last night, they ran it for 66 yards. Also, back in 2021, the Jaguars were victimized for 222 return yards, kick return yards, six kicks, 222 yards. I want to say last night, there wasn't even one uh, and I'm looking here, I'm trying to get the, the results. For some reason, I, I've lost it. All right, kick returns last night, uh, three for 80, all right? So, again, you had six a year ago for 220. Last night, you had three for 80. Th- those are two particular numbers that ended up being just enormous. And, of course, by the time you got to the second half, it was a totally one-sided affair with the Jaguars just dominating the New York Jets. So, how you feeling? Duval. I mean, you're two wins away from hosting a playoff game. There is zero room for error. You've got to continue to win these games. Now you need a few extra days to rest, and I'm going to go through the latest, including um, you know, the story with Dewan Smoot. I'm going to get to that on the other side, uh, but at least you get a couple extra days, and that could provide to be really fruitful for both Big Foley and Trayvon Walker on that defensive Line. All right, opening comments brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Uh, they want to wish each and every one of you out there a very happy uh, holiday to you and yours. Uh, love being, um, you know, together with uh, Dr. Neil Schmunez and Dr. Catherine Schmunez. Such fantastic people. And, you know, maybe 2023 is the year for you to honestly uh, take better care of your eyes. Okay? I mean... I feel for you. If you can't see, it's dark now. You, you, you struggle in the drive home. Do you struggle with your readers and contacts and glasses? And you got to take them on and take them off, depending on if you're watching TV or if you have to read. You could be a candidate for laser eye surgery. It could change your life for the better just like that. Make an appointment today and see the best right out here at the beach. Again, their number is 299-2906. We are talking about Schmunez Vision. You can also get them at schmunezvision.com. Care, you can see. All right, the party is continuing. What a family restaurant here. 
I mean, this place is packed, but there is room for you. We have a Cheers-like bar that, that surrounds us at Mr. Chubby's Wings. Indoors and outdoors, obviously, it's chilly out right now here out in Ponte Vedra and now throughout Jacksonville. But room for you inside. We have booths. We have tabletops. We have uh, regular tables. Again, a bar. 40 television sets surround everything here at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers, domestics. That includes Miller Lite, $3 wells, and $3 wines. Great to have you with us alongside... JJ back in the studio. My name is Rick Ballou. This is your home of the Jags. A white sport coat and a pink carnation. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. JJ, did you look up carnation? You know what it is now? Uh, like a flower, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. It's like the basic flower, you know, the ones like all the little mini petals? It's a basic flower. A basic flower. It's like out in the fields, you know, those big carnations? Well, I'm not basic. Yeah, like the fluffiness. So. They look like, um, you ever seen those little pom-poms that you hang up in decorations? Carnations look a lot like that. If I could have done it all over again, I think I would have liked to have been a florist. That I could have. Oh, my gosh, th- yeah. That would have been huge. Yeah. You know, for some reason, I, w- I went down this road. As opposed to the other. Uh, we're at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. What a party. Ashley Eggleton. Did I say it right? You did. I you love did, you. Right? I've known you for so long. I it's know. Merry Christmas. Merry it's good Christmas. To see you. It's wonderful. I know. I don't get to see you anymore since I'm not here on Thursdays. So yeah. it's very wonderful to see you tonight. You got a great uh, Santa combo. What is it, elf? It's a little the, elfy, but yeah. I got Santa socks on. Yeah, you so do. I have a little and, combo. Well, you're dressed to the nines here for the holidays and the entire restaurant. Is just spectacular. I love that about Mr. Chubby's. You know, whether it's Halloween or whatever, certainly now here at Christmas, you guys overdo it with decoration. Oh, yes. Well, we can thank Cheyenne for that. Okay. Cheyenne loves to decorate this restaurant very well. So if you guys ever come in, you'll see that she has it tiptoe for every holiday that we have. And we, she also does birthdays and everything, too. So So what's going on tonight now? we got the two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pictures. That includes Miller Lite, $3 Wells, $3 Wines. That's good till 9 o'clock. But I see a couple of booths that are available here. I'm surprised it's not completely packed. Well, I am surprised, too. I think we had a little bit of a lunch rush, so people are slowing down. But for the next 30 minutes still, we have an eggnog social going on until 7 p.m. It's Evan Williams Eggnog. You can come up here. You get it for free. I you don't have Evan to sit Ways. just at like, Evan and I'll bring I are you like one this. over. Oh, yes. You. Bring, you well, bring, one too? bring one for Richie. I got two for y'all. <laughs> I mean, bring one absolutely for Richie. Yes, I will. I mean, he's driving the station van, so he's got to be under the influence. <laughs> <Right>. You know what I'm saying? And then tomorrow we're open as well for Christmas Eve. We'll be open until 8 p.m. We're playing Great. all the football games, so come in and watch them. We have mm-hmm. $12 domestic buckets, two-for-one margaritas. So it's going to be a good day. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to you and Happy Holidays. It's always good to run Merry into Christmas. you. Again, we miss each other because you're not here on Thursdays all that much. I'll have to pick up some shifts so I can come hang out with y'all. Yeah, well, thank you it for coming by. It was very wonderful to talk to you, Rick. All right. Bye, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. There she goes. That is our friend Ashley Eggleton, who is, uh, well, one of my faves. I think that would be the best way to describe I do come in here when I don't work. I mean, it's only 12 minutes from my house. So, you know, there's really not a lot of, uh, honestly, you go through Nocatee, you got a couple, you go the other way through Bartram, and there's a couple. But, you know, there's not a lot of restaurants uh, in these parts. And 
Anyway, uh, it's always fun to come to Mr. Chubby's Wings out here in Ponte Vedra. We're going to be with you until, uh, what, 8 o'clock on this uh, Friday night. Ah, man. JJ, you in any of these bowl games? I only have two bowl games on our picks coming up later in the program. I just haven't been able to really settle in, but we got a big one tonight with the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. I've uh, watched about 10 seconds of a bowl game. No, I take that back. I watched all of the Gator game. That was like uh, adult pornography to me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, we actually have a game going on right now, right? Speaking of the Gators, uh, the former coach, Louisiana, 16-16. Now Houston has just scored to go up 23-16. Bowl games game. are dead, man. Like, uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry, but they are. Uh, the college football playoff has killed bowl games. The, all these kids transferring has killed bowl games. All the kids leaving early has killed bowl games. It's dead. It is dead. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, football fans – are going to navigate there, but I, I I almost believe now that these bowl games are for degenerate gamblers or fans of that school. You know, Wake Forest, Missouri, I, I think the people that will be tied in most to that game are, are fans of those two schools. Nonetheless, we are going to check in here with the Philly Rooster in about 10 minutes and have him give us some of his big plays that are coming up this weekend. All right, as far as DeWan Smoot is concerned, we're waiting, all right? We're, we're waiting on his MRI. Doug Peterson got into that a little bit earlier today, uh, discussing, you know, what he knows at this point uh, with DeWan Smoot. And, and remember, depending on your body part, all right, and which, which one that you end up uh, turning, spraining, in this case, obviously, the big worry is that it would be a completely torn Achilles, and that would be devastating uh, for Dewan Smooth. But in some of these scenarios, you, you can't get an immediate update because you've got to wait for the swelling to go down. And obviously, it did not look good, and you look at the defensive line right now, Big Foley's been out with the ankle. Uh, no doubt about it, you've had the deal with Trayvon Walker now missing a couple of games. And, to you know, Dewan Smoot, as the season has gone on, his snaps have increased. And he has really been a guy that's done some nice things along with Arden Key to where a lot of people have been really believing that we're going to see more Trayvon Walker perhaps go inside. And, you know, whether or not Walker is able to go is is alarming as well. And, and Doug Peterson did speak on him uh, earlier today, stating that with the few extra days of rest, he is hopeful that Big Foley and Trayvon will both be able to play next Sunday, or I should say a week from Sunday, obviously when they go to Houston. But this is what it's all about now for Jacksonville. And they were incredibly lucky this year to avoid injuries, all right? It was one of the most amazing things that that I had ever seen, just how they would go game after game after game, basically unscathed, even with very little as far as guys who were on the weekly injury report. Well, now all of a sudden, the left side of your line has totally changed. You've been without Ben Barch forever. Now you're without Cam Robinson. Walker Little did allow, I believe, four pressures last night. But it appeared to me, and I haven't really talked to the, the offensive lineman that I, that I, former offensive lineman that I normally do, um, 
I just didn't today, as I do during most weeks. But it looked to me like he did a nice job for the most part, uh, pass protecting. And, again, he had to go up against uh, Quinn and Williams. And, you know, certainly some of the run blocks that he made, it was pointed out by the broadcast team last night with Al Michaels and and Dr. Herbie. Shatley, yeah, we remember what happened when he gave up the sack. But I think outside of that, it was a decent effort. So two off your offense. Uh, right there and then all of a sudden you know you go to the defense you've been without Shaq Griffin now you got three key members of your defensive line that we just don't know at this particular time and you know we'll see what ends up happening but that's what it's like across the league and you know I I also want to mention that on the right side when you look at Brandon Sheriff who went down a week ago went down yesterday and then returned. And then you look at Juwan Taylor, who's gutting it out with a bad hamstring. The right side of your line is way less than 100% right now. So these extra days of rest are really going to be able to benefit them. But that's what makes this league so intriguing. And it, it, to me, is what makes trying to really figure out who the teams are going to be and who you need to beat once you get into the month of January, that can change on a whim. It all depends on who is healthy and who is not healthy. So Jacksonville's going to have to adapt here. They're going to have to move, um, you know, on the fly. Jeremiah Ledbetter got some snaps last night, and it was Devon Hamilton who got credited with that sack. Jacksonville had three last night. You remember the blitz by Andre Sisco. You also had Roy Robertson-Harris, and I thought there was some really good push in the interior defensive line last night with Robertson-Harris and Devon Hamilton. But Jeremiah Ledbetter, you go back and watch that play, I, I thought he deserved a half sack. He didn't get the credit. They gave it all you know, to Devon Hamilton, but he was one of two guys that they called up yesterday from the practice squad to provide some depth on that offensive line. Coy Cronk, if anything was to happen with either one of the two tackles offensively, and Jeremiah Ledbetter helping out on the defensive side in the 19-3 victory over the New York Jets. All right, Jacksonville's won 5-7. of seven. Jacksonville's won three in a row. They're learning how to win, and it doesn't matter now whether it's East Coast, West Coast, uh, AFC, NFC, uh, all of these streaks, all of these elements that you as Jaguar fans have to deal with week after week after week, they're all going away. Well, there's one left. That's nine straight by Houston. But is there a Jaguar fan alive right now that doesn't believe that they're going on the road and winning that game a week from Sunday? And Houston is far better than their record. I've watched them play. A great deal as of late. For what it's worth, I think Houston does beat Tennessee uh, coming up on Saturday. We'll end up seeing actually what does take place. All right, let's check the money. We'll we'll look at that game. We'll look at Houston and Tennessee. We'll look at the uh, bowl game with Florida State in Orlando. They'll actually be playing that game. They'll be probably pretty close to half, maybe deep into the second quarter, uh, one week from Thursday. Oklahoma has owned Florida State. I want to say Florida State's one in six lifetime against Oklahoma. Now, they haven't played since 2011. All right, many of you that were there, the home and away, Tallahassee and Norman, uh, many of you uh, were there, and I was as well. 
coming back from Chicago and, and watching them just completely fall apart for the national championship uh, down at Joe Robbie. I believe it was Joe Robbie. Uh, that was still the name in, uh, in 2000 when they lost to Oklahoma. And then you can go back to some of the J.C. Watts games, right, when in 80 and 81 when, when, when Bowden, you know, had him on the ropes. But in both those games, Oklahoma – uh, had furious fourth-quarter led comebacks, and the Sooners were able to knock off these Seminoles. All of that means nothing, right? I mean, it does. It means nothing. But to me, I'm a little bit apprehensive. I need to see this one and kind of get it out of your system. You may feel the same way that I do about – I'm mean, totally convinced that Jacksonville is beating Houston. I'm not totally convinced that Florida State's beating Oklahoma. All right? I don't know how you feel about that or if you do at all. If you want, just get us 641-1010 on the text line. That is always the best way to do so. The Philly Rooster joins us next. We're live from Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra here tonight till 8. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ah, it's just an enormous party. It really is. There's no other way to say it. Mr. Chubby's Wings, Ponte Vedra Beach. Incredible inside right now. And why wouldn't it be after a Jaguars win and two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers? That includes Miller Lite, $3 Wells, $3 Wines. They're going to keep the happy hour rolling tonight till 9. I'm on the air until 8 o'clock. Let's go to Las Vegas. We do it each and every week. We bring in our good friend. He is the Philly Rooster. And to you, good sir, Merry Christmas. Rick, Merry Christmas to you. And I hope you're nice and warm down there while most of the country freezes. It's actually about as bad around here as it ever could be. And I guess it's going to get worse the next couple of days. But... That's okay. Hey, what's Christmas like in Las Vegas? Uh, it's it's usually really nice weather. Right now, it's crappy weather, but uh, it's nice. I mean, everybody does their thing. There's a lot of decorations. It, I've done Christmas on the East Coast most of my life, and it's similar without the horrible weather. Put it that way. Yeah. All right. Good enough. Uh, we know you've been on Jacksonville all year. You've, it's kind of been back and forth, including what happened a few weeks ago in Detroit, but, you know, your thoughts after watching what they've done as of late, including winning their third in a row last night. Yeah, I tweeted out today that Trevor Lawrence, that was his coming out party, and I put him up there exactly where I expected him to be at this point, and um, he's up there in that second tier, under the Mahomes tier. He's by himself, and then you go to the Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Herbert, and right now you got to put Jalen Hurts in there, but for me, Lawrence is a top five quarterback in the league, and I expect him to be for ten years. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's really coming to age, and and you know the fact that they're winning a lot of different ways and and taking on teams they have that are really good defensively as of late. Obviously, Dallas a, a very good offensive team as well. But your point is right. Yeah, no one's with Mahomes, but you look at the six young quarterbacks, and you pointed out Hurts, and we know he won't go. Uh, tomorrow against Dallas, but the other five is is Tua, Burrow, Herbert, uh, Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence. All five in the AFC. So you're going to have some Pro Bowl snubs, and 
obviously that was the case yesterday for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and he's going to have to deal with that. The, the AFC is so top-heavy in great quarterbacks, and you're right. He would do tremendous in the NFC. Um, there's not much competition with Rodgers falling off. Uh, you know, San Francisco's way up in the air, even though they're a great team anyway. But uh, it's just two different ball games. With Brady, go. I have a feeling he's going to retire. Uh, the NFC is the place to be for a great quarterback right now. Lawrence is going to have a long way to go, although he'll win his division every year. Wake Forest up now 7 nothing, so they get on the board here early against Missouri. All right, we have one bowl game to take a look at, but it, you know, last time we spoke it was about possibly restraint because, you know, let's face it, with the transfer portal and others opting out, how have things gone for you so far with the Bulls? Been doing well, but picking my spots. Like you said, there was so much up in the air. I got some early information on Alabama. I hit them really hard right before their players announced they were playing. It's all about trying to gather information. But so far, I've done pretty well. I got a lot of big bets coming on Kansas uh, and Alabama and a couple other teams. But, uh, yeah, good bowl season so far. All right, a week from tonight, right now, it'll be going on. That is Florida State, Oklahoma. Do you have an opinion on this game, Philly Rooster? I do, and I've been watching this line closely. I like Florida State early. It opened eight and a half, sixty-five and a half. Seventy uh, percent of the bets are on Florida State. Seventy-four percent of the money on Florida State. A lot of public money coming in on Florida State, which you would expect a thirteen-ranked team against an unranked team. But now that this line has creeped up to ten, which I, there's a few spots out here to that ten, I like Oklahoma plus the ten. Double digits, I think they're going to keep this game close, um, run the ball a lot, and I think they're going to keep it within 10. Uh, any idea, has there been any sharp money on this game as of, that you're aware of? Nothing yet. Um, and like I said, a lot of guys, uh, you know, one of my talents is talking to, I do nothing but talk on the phone all week. And I know there's some guys leaning the Oklahoma way now that the line has moved. 10 is a very key number in college. Uh, and I think it's going to come in late. But right now, not a whole lot of sharp money on this game. All right, Sooners plus 10 against the Knolls. I'm fine with that. And, you know, I'll take a one-point win right now uh, for Florida State, and I think most fans out there listening would as well. Let's get to the NFL. Divisional showdown tomorrow. Houston and Tennessee, uh, both teams really beaten up, including Ryan Tannehill for the Titans. Yeah, with Tannehill, uh, this game opened 8 and a half, 41. Uh, with him out and with some weather problems, this game went to three and a half and thirty-five and a half. Five-point move for Tannehill, and honestly, I don't think that's enough. Uh, I bet Houston early in the week. I, I managed to get down at plus seven. I love my bet, and even at plus three and a half, Houston's been playing really tough. Uh, they almost beat Dallas. They've been playing every game hard. Their record, they're the worst. They're the best one in twelve team I've ever seen. No. Um, and 63% of the bets are on Tennessee. Only 48% of the money is on Tennessee. So now that that line went down, you see a lot of public bets going in, but not big money. Um, now, this this bet count can be deceiving because a lot of this went in when the line was higher. So the short money came in on Tennessee plus seven and a half, seven, six and a half. Um, they're not going to take it at plus three and a half, but... I still like Houston plus three and a half here. I'm taking the dog all the way to the back. 
Now, I'm glad you said that because when a line moves the way that this has, three and a half points, yeah, that, that's going to affect money and it's going to affect the, uh, uh, the tickets that are, in fact, written. I love this pick. I said on Monday, and I've been saying it all week, I, I have Houston straight out beating Tennessee, and this was before we learned that Tanny Hill was out. I, I've, just, I've watched Houston, and I, I've watched both these teams um, the last few weeks, and I, I think right now Houston is the better football team. Uh, Philly Rooster, tell our listeners, please, how they can uh, get you both on the website as well as Twitter. At Philly Rooster on Twitter. Uh, our early rooster hotline gives out games all the time. I actually gave out Missouri earlier. Um, so we'll see if we come back and win that one. But um, And then the phillygodfather.com, premium service is 3 bucks a day. You get all our games. Uh, you can pick any pro you want. Obviously, you should pick me. <laughs> uh, college basketball is my sport, and I'll be really ramping that up uh, after this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. You love your college hoops, and it is ongoing. All right, uh, let's get to Philadelphia now. The Obviously, have a huge game against Dallas, and, you know, Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to give it a go. Everyone around here remembers Gardner Minshew. I, for the record, I, I think Minshew is one of the best backup quarterbacks in professional football. Agreed, and I loved him when he played down there. I was actually jealous of you guys. You had, like, the coolest quarterback in the league. Now I think he's number two behind Joe Burrow, but, you know, this guy, he was waving around a samurai sword the other day on something on the internet and it you got to just love Minshew and uh this line opened one when the the Jalen Hurts news came out it went all the way up to six the total went from 51 to 47 and a half but since then even after it's been you know in cement that Hurts is not playing it creeped all the way back down to four which is interesting 70% 70% of the bets are on Philly and only 49% of the money on Philly. This is an interesting one looking at bet count and money count, but I'm going to tell you this. I don't think this line moved enough to go from Hertz to Minshew, and I'm a big Minshew fan, but right now at four, I'm laying the Dallas minus four for a sizable bet. Dallas minus four, that'll be the late game. Uh, coming up tomorrow, one of the two late games on Christmas Eve, the other being uh, Washington, D.C. in San Francisco. All right, let's, um, let's wrap it up with uh, we have one other game, and, and it, this one itself uh, to me is going to be incredibly intriguing. We've seen the L.A. hangover after winning the Super Bowl. The Bengals, they have completely turned things around as of late. And, boy, you know, how does New England – how do they respond after losing the game the way they did a week ago to the Raiders? Very hard to respond. I think we've all seen that the Belichick era is, has gone in a different direction. He does not have control of his team like he did when he had you know, a Hall of Fame, greatest of all time quarterback. And I think he's going to have trouble. Uh, this game opened three. It's still sitting three. Bengals. I didn't think it was high enough when it came out. I thought the line would go up. It didn't. Um, the total opened 41. It's 41 and a half, so very little movement there. 74% of the bets are on Cincinnati and only 53% of the money. When you see that and you don't have a situation like the Eagles game where the line moved a lot, that tells you sharp money is on the Pats. Uh, I am going to go directly against the sharp money here. I like Cincinnati minus three. I like a minus four, even. 
Um, and it's my biggest bet of the week, Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus three, the Philly Rooster. That is his biggest play of the week, as he just said. All right, Philly Rooster, uh, again, information, please, to our listening audience. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, at Philly Rooster. Uh, and then the phillygodfather.com is three bucks a day. This is what I do for a living. You get my information for that cheap price. There you go. Hey, let me ask you this as I say goodbye. Uh, you're in Philly, but obviously across the state, uh, Franco Harris dying this week, two days before the Immaculate Reception game and, and everything they, they, they were going to do with that, you know, 50 years uh, ago. What, what was it like growing up in Philly when, when the Steelers, you know, won those four Super Bowls? And it, was it a hate situation towards Pittsburgh, or was there a little bit of respect uh, down the state? It uh, wasn't hate at all. Um, the hatred always went towards Dallas for some strange reason. Now, Washington and the Giants in our same division, there was a little bit of hatred there. But uh, Pittsburgh, it was kind of like a respect thing. And I, you know, growing up uh, in a football household, you know, diehard Eagles fans, we had a respect for Pittsburgh um, and just a hatred for Dallas. But yeah. I'll tell you, that was really shocking. I. I, listened, I just happened to catch his interview on Mad Dog Russo um, about the 50-year anniversary that afternoon, and I was really surprised at how clear, concise, and how well he remembered that play. And It was like gripping radio. And yeah. uh, the next day I woke up and heard the news, and I, I said, that had to be a taped interview. There's no way that could have been live, and maybe I was just fooled. But it was. I mean, just shocking. I feel bad for his family. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about the Dallas angle because obviously, you know, Pittsburgh won four Super Bowls, and every time they faced Dallas in a Super Bowl, Pittsburgh was the winning team. All right, uh, Merry Christmas to you, Philly Rooster. We'll do it again soon. Sounds good. Take care, Rick. Merry Christmas. Right, there he goes, Philly Rooster. Thank you. He likes the Bengals minus three against New England. That's his biggest play. He's taking Dallas minus four. Hosting Philly, um, you know, Jalen Hurts not playing. It is Gardner Minshew who will be the quarterback there. Um, Houston plus seven against Tennessee. Wow. Massive line movement after the Ryan Tannehill situation, which I just I'm, – I'm trying to figure this out. It, it, that, that is severe line movement there with Tennessee. I love Houston. And um, – uh, let's see, uh, Oklahoma plus the 10, okay, against Florida State, one college game. He likes that plus 10. So typically he likes to play a lot of overs or unders, play some totals. He hasn't done that. He has picked four sides, two dogs and two favorites. Thank you to the Philly Rooster. All right, getting light him up right now as far as your comments on the text line. I want to get to you during our second hour. The best way to do it, 641-1010. On the text line that is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Better yet, if you're in the hood, come on by and say hello. We are at Mr. Chubby's Wings for one more hour tonight out in Ponte Vedra. Again, two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite, $3 wells, $3 wines. Come on by and say hello. Second hour is coming up right now. She didn't see me creep down the stairs to have a pee. She thought that I was tucked up in my bedroom. Bag.
Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right. Merry Christmas to you all. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Holidays. Life is so much better when the hometown team wins. And that is exactly what Jacksonville did a night ago. 19-3, knocking off the Jets. Jacksonville continues to control their own destiny. They have to win out. You've got to knock off Houston. You've got to knock off Tennessee. Uh, remember, divisional, head-to-head, and then divisional. Um, how you do in divisional games. Uh, that is how the, the playoffs are put together. And obviously, right now, Houston is... Uh, it's struggling, okay? No doubt. Um, let me, um, real quick, before I, we're going to take a couple of calls here and, and hear from some Jaguar fans, but this is what's great about Christmas Eve and, and Christmas for that matter. Obviously, it's very cold out right now, okay? I mean, it's brutal. I went for a walk today. It was incredible. Um, this is what is expected Uh, to be like during tomorrow's games. The real feel temperatures, all right? Not what is posted, but I guess after wind chill, whatever, what it feels like. I mean, everything changes in life, including the way that you read the weather. It's no longer about what is just the temperature outside. It's what the quote-unquote real feel is as far as the temperature. You following this, JJ? Because, I mean, everything's changed right in front of our eyes. Yes. So it's about it, the real feel. Yeah. What is it right now in Jacksonville? It doesn't matter what it is in Jacksonville. What we need to find out is what the real feel temperature is. I just walked outside, man, and I had a little bit of uh, snot coming out of my right nostril. It completely froze, and I had an icicle there. Richie told me I had to remove it. That's a true story. That's how cold it is here. Uh, Pittsburgh tomorrow, the real feel, minus 19. Cleveland tomorrow, the real feel, minus 37. Chicago tomorrow, the real feel, minus 21. Kansas City tomorrow, the real feel, minus 12. Nashville, and of course the big game between the Texans and the Titans, the real feel, minus 4. Baltimore, 8 degrees is the real feel. And Charlotte, 17 degrees. So some incredibly cool weather games coming up tomorrow and uh, across the entire country. 39 degrees, the real feel right now. 39? I would. 46, the real temperature. So it's 46, but the real feel is 39. Not too different. Both suck. You know what? Uh, And I I, want to say this, and I'm not saying it to be. Like, well, no kidding, Baloo. But, you know, around here, if it's 85 or it's 90 and it's really hot, and then it gets up to be 100, or if you've been in a place that's 100, and a lot of that is measured by humidity, obviously, there's a major difference. I think there's some understanding that once you get under 32 degrees, that there really isn't a big difference between 32 degrees and, let's say, 20 degrees, and in some aspects, that can be true. However, it's the wind which absolutely turns things upside down, and if the temperature keeps dropping and you get the single digits, and all of a sudden you're under zero, it is just 
incredibly cold, and the wind makes it that much more significant. So uh, that's huge here. Uh, with the real field, sure, we have accurate numbers, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, checking the weather uh, or checking the wind uh, when it gets cold is uh, maybe the most important aspect. All right, let's take some calls. 641-1010, Jaguar fans, go ahead and light them up. You can also get us on... The text line, same number, 641-1010. JJ, which way are we going? We got Brian. Let's go to Brian, who is up, and he goes into the night. Welcome. Hey, well, thanks for taking my call, Rick. You, got you know, it's kind of kind of weird that we have these scenarios where the, the next two games might, or the next games might not mean anything, but the game at the end of the season will mean something. Um, the Titans could actually go into all this with the scenario of, hey, let's just let everybody heal up. You know, and do whatever we can and just focus all our – we'll go all in on the game at the end of the year and not even worry about these last – the next two games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one scenario. Now, the other scenario that's real weird is if the Titans win the next two games, the uh, the Ravens, the uh, – the other team, the other two teams, the oh, – They play Patriots. Dallas. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots. Right. If the the – the AFC teams that are in contention, if they lose out, the Titans would clinch the wild card spot and wouldn't even have to beat us. And then if we beat them, then we win the AFC South and play the Titans against the following weekend because they wow. would have clinched the wild card. So that, it's kind of a, that's, that's one of the crazier scenarios. But for that to happen, you know, all those the, the Dolphins, the Chargers, they all have to lose out the next two games. But that is possible because then they would clinch. Yeah, I, I appreciate you telling me that, Brian. I wasn't even aware of that. I, I think every every thought around here is just winning the AFC South. And, you know, I think we've earned a lot this year in the NFL. Number one, no lead is safe. Uh, and number two, it is so unpredictable what we're seeing on a, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, I, I just find it hard to believe that, that Tennessee is going to win this weekend and certainly next week against the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think Tennessee is going to lose both those games. And I believe we did lose Ryan, but I appreciate the call. Uh, Brian, uh, thank you for the call there. Uh, I do certainly uh, appreciate that. So, yeah, you look at Tennessee, they've lost four in a row. You know, going with a backup quarterback tomorrow in Houston. Actually, that's a home date for them. They don't have to travel, which is, um, which is good for them. They get to stay home for Christmas and then stay home for New Year's. And they play on a Thursday. And that's something as well that – deserves to be discussed and that's down the road because obviously now as a Jaguar fan you're enjoying the hell out of this and then you got an extra three days to get ready for that trip to Houston a week from Sunday but it's going to be Tennessee who is going to get that same advantage in a week okay because win or lose against Houston on Sunday for the Titans they will play a week from tonight It'll be Dallas traveling to Houston. That means before Tennessee comes here, they're going to get the advantage of, you know, the the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the three extra days to get healthy before taking that trip here to Jacksonville. And there's been a lot of talk that if, in fact, that game does, um, you know, have the AFC South, and I, I, I believe that that's the case. I mean, win or lose here. 
that game is going to determine because of the divisional record, right? The head-to-head is Jacksonville up one nothing. Well, if Tennessee wins, it's 1-1. So you look at the divisional record. If, if Jacksonville wins, obviously uh, they're in, okay? They'd be 2-0 and against them. They'd have a better record. And um, they would, you know, be there with the divisional wins. I, I believe they would be tied under that scenario. So all sorts of crazy things can happen, and we'll continue to keep you updated. Um, Gardner Minshew, now he's going to start in this game. It's, it, it doesn't have the same feel of it now of, of a Jalen Hurts matchup against that great Dallas defense and obviously what Dallas is going to be able to do offensively against a, an equally very impressive Philadelphia defense. But Gardner Minshew, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier today. Man, it, it, just the way everything evolved for him and then ended, I think you would have to agree, is one of the most bizarre scenarios that this franchise has ever had. Because he was a star. You know, when, it, when he came in and he got his opportunity... Everyone loved this man, and I'll give him credit because when he got what we can consider the 15 minutes of fame, he rode that bad boy, and he got some endorsements out of the deal. The young man got paid, and I'm, I'm totally for anyone in, in anything. If they're good enough at it and they have a personality and you can make cash, all the power to you. But, but Gardner rode that out. Then all of a sudden – Things went bad for him. And, you know, he was a terrible pocket presence quarterback. He he couldn't see over the line of scrimmage. He, he left way too soon. But I really thought that the criticism from the media and the fans was over the top, okay? I mean, we're talking about a guy who was a sixth-round pick. It's one thing to criticize Leftwich, Bortles, Gabbert, Trevor Lawrence, they're first-round picks, okay? It's another to criticize a sixth-round pick. And, and that, that whole personality kind of backfired on him when he stopped performing well. But it's the same deal now in Philadelphia. I mean, everyone over there loves him. And I think to some extent, he's got to be considered one of the very best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And, you know, we'll say, there's no question that Gardner Minshew has the ability to go knock off Dallas tomorrow. He does. Uh, will, will it happen? Well, we're going to make our picks coming up here in just a couple of moments. Uh, we'll see. But I, am I wrong by saying that, JJ? Can you think of anyone else? I mean, some of the more polarizing stories around here, whether they failed as free agents or whether they were first-round guys that were moved because they were unhappy. Well, those were supposed to be great players. Gardner Minshew was a an afterthought selected in the sixth round. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess James Robinson, maybe. He was a good story. Late draft yeah, pick. I'll give you that. Certainly nothing with the personality, though. Nothing Zero at personality all. on that yeah. guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a bore. James, boy, James, the healthy scratch last night. We all saw it. We all discussed it. We expected it. And sure enough, that was the deal in last night's 19-3 victory over the New York Jets. All right, when we come back, let's grab uh, some of your thoughts off the text line. Again, 641-1010, best way to do so. 
brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Also, JJ and I, we've got to make our weekly picks. All of that is coming up. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers, live from Mr. Chubby's Wings out here in Ponte Vedra Beach. Come on by, say hello. Happy hour continues until 9 o'clock tonight. We'll stay on the air until 8. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, hopefully lots of fun with family and friends. Keep it safe. It just feels good, man. I mean, everything feels really good right now. I just see people walking around, no matter where I am, even with the stress of shopping, which I honestly don't know. I, I did find myself earlier this week and quite a few uh, liquor stores and smoke shops because uh, I wanted to get liquor and smoke uh, for people, that being cigars. So I did a little bit of that, but it just you can feel the fact that everyone is just in a really good mood uh, because this football team is playing so well. And to me, one of the great parts of this team is it looks like they're having fun. And the flip side of that is this is a fun team to watch. Look at how it's evolved. Look at how this play calling has grown from game one to a week-to-week basis. Let's look at Evan Ingram for for. For just one moment, Evan Ingram and what he has done now. And, J.J., you and I were talking about this recently. It's like, man, are you going to re-sign Evan Ingram? He was averaging just like three and a half catches a game. His last three games, he has caught 27 footballs for 337 yards and two touchdowns. Last night, seven for 113. And they're using him all over the place. They're doing all sorts of incredible stuff with him. His route tree has grown significantly. The relationship between Lawrence and him is is pointing upward. There's no doubt about it. And all of a sudden, as far as I'm concerned, J.J., this was a uh, maybe let him go one year show me to right now. You've got to find a way to get this man re-signed. Well, I guess that there's only one way. You got to franchise tag him, I guess. Um, <laughs> seriously, I mean, what what else are you gonna do? You can't just. You don't have like a. He's not like a restricted free agent or something like that. He can go wherever the heck he wants to go, unless you slap a tag on him. And is he worth that? Yeah, you know, you could franchise tag him and play in the top. You know, Eleven the million, the top by five the way. Players is the franchise tag? Yeah. He, so he's making, what, nine this year? Not too different. Mm-mm. And that would be a one-year deal. But just knowing how these players are, he's not going to want a franchise. That could cause a holdout and all that stuff. You know, the way that Trent Bulky has been doing these contracts coming from other teams, regardless of years and money, they're basically two-year deals. Now, that's not the same case for the very small amount of players that we have seen who have been re-signed here. You know, most notably Cam Robinson. And probably the biggest decision they're going to have to make is is Juwan Taylor at right tackle. But I think right after that, you know, all of a sudden, Evan Ingram and Rayshon Jenkins are guys that I was convinced even five weeks ago that they would not return. All of a sudden now, 
I think there's a really good chance. Trevor Lawrence last night, after the game, this was in New Jersey, he was asked about the play as of late of tight end Evan Ingram. That stress on the defense of it's a tight end, but you can't just put anybody on Evan. You know, you have to really think about that matchup, and um, I think that adds that adds some difficulty to teams that we play. Um, and just the way he's he's so good after the catch too, so physical. That's it. There's a lot of things, but he's he's been playing great and uh, happy for him. So it's great. Remember, this man had a legitimate four four speed, and unfortunately, he dealt with injuries and he dealt with dropping the football. Has five drops this year, but now has, what, I think it's 68 receptions on the season and is really playing some good football. All right, let's get to our weekly picks. Why don't we do that? We have two in college and eight in the NFL. Um, We'll actually have 11 games this week for what it is. Both J.J. and I last night did pick the Jaguars over the Jets. J.J. picks up a game. He went seven and three last week. I went six and four. Season standings look like this: Baloo ninety six and sixty. JJ at ninety one and sixty five. Oregon UNC. I will take the Oregon Ducks. How do you see it, JJ? Uh, Oregon doing big things on the recruiting trail, by the way, um, mm-hmm. but they're not playing yet. Uh, I love Drake May. I love that he's staying at North Carolina. I'm going with the Tar Heels. How about Pat Narduzzi coming out saying that he was aware of a couple of schools that offered $5 million of pop to get Drake May? Five mil, and he elected to stay on Tobacco Road. So you're going to take the Tar Heels Yes, I am. So how much did they have to pay him to stay? I don't know. Did he give him a hometown discount? I got to believe so. And, you know, I just don't know... I just don't know enough about how these deals are working. Uh, to I me, believe never uh, none of these numbers. Like all okay. the numbers I hear, I, I just it goes one in here uh, out the other. I, until I see it, right. you know, like the NFL, MLB, all that, I, I just refuse to believe that. Carolina's got a lot of money. In yes. my opinion, they're, they're the flagship of the Atlantic Coast Conference, but it's a basketball school. Were they willing to pony up? even remotely close to that money to keep him. Obviously, he elected to stay there. You want to believe that he loves the school. He's got ties there. I want to say his dad went there and, yeah. the, you know, members of his family went there. But I just um, find it I, hard to believe that a quarterback for a team with, like, seven wins is getting $5 million a year. <laughs> like, that's absurd. It, well, it could hey, be true. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? All right, you're up. Oklahoma, Florida State. They will play one week from tonight. Um, another team who had a good recruiting week, and that is Oklahoma. But like I said, they're not there yet. Oklahoma sucked this year. I like Florida State pretty easily in this one. Yeah, it, you know, just I'll take a one-point win and be the most the, the happiest guy that, that you will find. And, you know, we'll see what, in fact, does end up happening. Florida State yesterday ended up picking up another recruit. They got the, uh, the defensive back that... It was down to um, him or, uh, you know, Florida State or uh, Penn State, and he selected FSU yesterday, another four-star, so that was big for them. I'm going to take Florida State with you. Uh, I like them to win next Thursday night. All right, let's get to the NFL. We have eight games to choose. It is, uh, well, game number one is a huge one. That is New England and Cincinnati. Cincinnati right now scares me. I tell you what, that's one team that I don't want Jacksonville uh, to play. You know, I, I at this point, I'm almost like I'd rather take my chances uh, with Buffalo. Um, 
you know, Kansas City, we saw what happened earlier this year. But the Bengals are scary. Uh, They go to New England. Uh, Your thoughts on this game? I like the Bengals. I think the point spread is the one thing that's weirding me out. I think it's too small. I like the Bengals big here. All right. Cincinnati, uh, we both like over New England. You're up. New Orleans going to Cleveland. So the weather apparently is supposed to be catastrophically bad in Cleveland, as in most places in America this weekend. I think the over-under is at like 30 points. I'll take Cleveland in a close one. Yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland as well. Yeah, good call here. We talked about it earlier. What, it's minus 19 degrees <laughs> or, or something like that. Uh, let me find it for you. I, I 32 is the over-under. 32 is the total. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in games like that, you, you want to play the under. Look at last night's game, absolutely an under. The um, the real field temperature again for this matchup in Cleveland is negative 37. Minus 37 is what is expected. What does that I even like mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's new. It's it's new math. You know, we talk about all the new math in sports and all the new math that's coming all over the place. Well, it, Minus 37. it's also now in, the, uh, in temperatures uh, that are, in fact, Outside, so we'll both take Cleveland. All right, um, one, two, one, two. So I'm up. Houston at Tennessee. Well, I've been screaming about it all week. I'm obviously picking Houston. How do you see it? I even with the backup quarterback, I'm rolling with the Titans in a close one. JJ taking Tennessee. Right back to you, Atlanta, Baltimore. So no, no Lamar Jackson, but Correct. Huntley is playing. I'm going to go with the Ravens in a bounce back victory. He may be the best backup quarterback in the NFL. He and certainly fits into their system. Right. And, um, you know, what he does, I was talking about Gardner Minshew uh, a little bit earlier. But, you know, the, the whole thing is, is is crazy. If you look at all these trades that happened, you know, the or, you know, free agency moves and, and what have you. Russell Wilson hasn't worked out in Denver. Baker Mayfield didn't work out in Carolina. Matt Ryan, as we know, is now benched. In Indianapolis, they're going back to uh, Nick Foles for that particular game. So I'm going to take Baltimore. You're taking Baltimore as well. Correct. All right. I am up Detroit at Carolina. I'm going to take the roadie here. I'm all in on Detroit. Yeah, Lions big. I I think they win out, make it to the playoffs. Philadelphia visits Dallas. Gardner Minshew is your starting quarterback. How do you see this one? Dallas. I like Dallas at home. I think they'll win pretty big. I do, too. I like Dallas as well, so we're in agreement there. The Raiders go to the Steelers. Really emotional week here with with uh, with Franco Harris. Uh, it, it, it feels like the Raiders are on the come here a little bit. I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take the visiting Las Vegas Raiders. How do you see it? So am I, but the weather concerns me a lot. Yeah. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a team that likes to throw it against a team that doesn't, and you it would expect the Steelers to play better in the cold, but I, I begrudgingly I'll take the Raiders. And our last game, Tampa Bay goes to Arizona. It's one of three games that will actually be played on Christmas Day. Wow. Can I pick a tie? <laughs> yeah, go, you can. I'll go with the Bucks here just because they have a quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to take, um, take them uh, as well. Tampa Bay really struggled, yet they're still in it in the NFC South. They All right, could, so they could lose the rest of their games and still win the division. It's 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 really not a just good crazy. Who, now, who's is it McSorley who's going? Yes, Trace McSorley will be going for the Cardinals. Right. Colt McCoy 
not cleared. Obviously, uh, Murray out for the year. So, starting quarterbacks going down across the NFL. We've talked a lot about Tannehill, and, but obviously you're aware of what's going on. And I was cringing when Trevor Murray. took that hit late last yeah. night. I know. It's just, In the it, red it, zone. It, I'm like, why? Why are we even throwing it right here? Yeah, even ETN, too, took one. I was kind of, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like get him out of there, you know, and get him healthy. But these guys have incentives. They have deals. I mean, ETN ended up with exactly 1,000 yards uh, on the season. I, I like Jacksonville using him out of the backfield last night, catching the ball. He had three receptions uh, as well. All right, standings. Blue, 96 and 60. JJ, 91 and 65. I'll take Oregon in the bowl game. JJ taking UNC. We'll both take Florida State over Oklahoma. To the NFL, we both like Cincinnati going into Foxborough. We both like Cleveland at home against New Orleans. Uh, I'm going to take Houston visiting Tennessee. J.J. is going to take the Titans. We both like Baltimore outside in the frigid temperatures against an indoors team in uh, in Atlanta. We both like Detroit going to Carolina. We both like Dallas hosting Philly. Uh, We're both going to take the Raiders at Pittsburgh. Hmm. Another, I guess now we got to call them a warm-weather team. I mean, I think of Oakland, and, you know, I think of uh, how nasty it can be at the black hole, but obviously in Vegas, much warmer there consistently. Uh, they go to Pitt, and we both like Tampa Bay going to Arizona. So there you have it, the latest as far as our picks. Everything is in. All right, when we come back, put our final touches on this one, uh, also I'll run through it real quick. The vet, latest installment on on uh, bet against Baloo, um, zero in one to begin the week because I picked Jacksonville last night plus two, and I also picked Jacksonville to win straight up. Obviously they did, so my pick actually won. Not betting against my pick as I have been doing that uh, consistently throughout the year with every game that has been played outside of last night's game for what it's worth. I'm 123 up, 94 down with eight pushes. So if you are getting in on $1,000 installments, and of course you would lose $1,100 if my pick is right because of the juice, you'd actually be up right now $19,600. That would be your total Heading into week 16, so you minus off 1,100 after last night, so that would drop it to 18.5. But obviously there is a a full slate of ball games that are coming up. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I guess it's somewhat understandable, but the point I make is against the point spread, I pick a team, and then I bet against the team that I pick. It's called Bet Against Baloo. All right, coming up next, let's get some more of these texts in. Best way to get us, 641-1010 on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Hacker off tonight. He was in earlier today. So this is it for local programming. For about another 15 to 20 minutes, that's it. Then we're going to send you off to a very Merry Christmas and enjoy everything over the weekend. So let's put our final thoughts into it right here on the other side. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
All right, 7130 uh, asked me about Dewan Smoot. I haven't heard. I know he had an MRI today. My belief would be this. The team knows. And if it's worst-case scenario, I think one of the NFL insiders will have it tonight, or if not, certainly tomorrow by the time the games kick around. Um, typically, the way things happen here is the agent will contact uh, Rappaport or Scheffler or whomever. Hopefully, Dewan Smoot. It is not a torn Achilles. Uh, we will see. Also, it says here, uh, Merry Christmas to the uh, from the Blue Hates Florida State fan club. Have a happy holiday. Well, thank you very much. I know there are some out there who believe I hate Florida State and then others out there who are Florida State fans, in fact, hate me. But I'm okay with it, and I think you're okay with it. Uh, the guy is Conrad Hussey, who I did not mention, the DB, who had been a long, you know, lean uh, to Penn State and all that, but he came on board yesterday for Florida State. A couple of other things I do want to mention. You know, we got into uh, Evan Ingram uh, a little bit ago, and, you know, we wonder about Juwan Taylor and what's it going to take. Is Does he become the primary free agent that this team is going to either elect to resign or let go? If you look what happened today, Jack Conklin... All right, now with Cleveland, you remember him as a, as a right tackle with Tennessee. He's now playing right tackle for the Cleveland Browns. He gets four years, $60 million, 31 of that guaranteed. All right, so you can do the math without diving deeper into it and, you know, looking as to when the dead cap money comes down. I would, I would believe that in year three it would drop significantly with $31 million. That, that's roughly you know, in the neighborhood of, of $15 million. I don't know how much of that was a signing bonus. But anyway, it's basically $15 million a year. Um, are you, are you going to pay that uh, for Juwan Taylor? Uh, that'll become, again, one of the major question marks that this football team is going to make at the end of the year. But isn't it great that you can kind of shelf that right now? You know, and it's not like the, the focus around the dinner table uh, over Christmas. Instead, it's about Jacksonville winning football games in Jacksonville, uh, perhaps headed to the playoffs. I also want to say this. You know, I, I really like Danny Cannell. I did two years. Uh, tell you how the media changed, okay? For two years, I did a show with Danny Cannell during his junior and senior year where he would come into the studio once a week with me when I was in Tallahassee. And you name it, he brought him. Uh, I also did a weekly show one year with a Jacksonville resident and Andre Cooper. That was a totally different world then as far as the access that I had to covering uh, the team and all of that, it, it's night and day from today. But Danny Cannell, who I, I think is becoming kind of like Skip Bayless of Twitter, where he says, he puts a lot of stuff out there, but I'm like, is he legit here? Does he mean it? Well, moments ago, he put out that college football needs a high school draft. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's, it's one of the most absurd things I've ever heard because with everything that's going on, the transfer portal, if, if you draft the guy, can he leave in six months anyway? You know, could he leave in a year anyway? Anyway, I just uh, I thought that that was borderline one of the most 
unusual things I have ever read on Twitter in the world of college football. But nonetheless, that is that. All right, let's wrap it up. we got a couple of minutes left. We'll go bet on, uh, bet against Baloo. Again, I pick a team. I bet against it. Been very successful this year. 123 up, 94 down. Uh, eight pushes. Therefore, with $1,000 installments. And, of course, you lose 1100 because you pay that $100 juice. I would be up $19,600 for the year. The reason why I do this is to prove a point. If you're betting on any, every NFL games, um, just don't. You're never going to win. You're never going to win by playing every game. Find two or three games that you like. Heck, maybe choose four or five games that you like. And play those. But to play every game, you're going to lose. And that's why I did this. Again, my picks this year are good for 94 being right. Betting against my picks this year is good for 123 being right with the eight pushes. Again, I'm up nearly $20,000. Last night I picked Jacksonville plus the two, so I automatically begin week 16 on the losing side. That's down $1,100 against the Jets. All right, let's look at the rest of the slate. Bills minus eight against Chicago. I'm going to take the Bears at home plus eight. Saints at Browns, minus three. I like Cleveland, minus the three. Again, an indoor team in New Orleans going outdoors. Uh, We've talked about the real feel temperature and what it's supposed to be like tomorrow in Cleveland. I think that is a factor there. Texans and Titans. Titans, uh, minus three. I'm going to take Houston, plus the three. As a matter of fact, I think Houston wins this game. Outright. Seattle goes to Tennessee, or excuse me, Kansas City minus 10. I almost never lay points, major points like this, but I'm going to do it in this case with Kansas City at home. I, I think they're going to cover the 10. And, and by the way, that that's one game right there that I don't care if it was your money. I would not bet on that game. I just wouldn't, just my opinion. New York, the Giants go to the Minnesota minus four. I'm going to roll the Vikings here. At minus four. New England goes to Cincinnati, minus three. Uh, I am going to take Cincinnati. I might have written this down wrong. Detroit, Carolina. Detroit has to be the favorite here on the road, right? It it can't possibly be Carolina. I I have written down uh, Carolina, but let me double check this. I I just, I want to believe that it's actually Detroit. That is the road favorite. Uh, let's see here. Yes, it's Detroit minus. Where'd you go? Minus two and a half. So I'm going to take. I'm going to take Detroit. Playing really good football. Atlanta goes to Baltimore minus six and a half. Love Baltimore there, but they can't score. I'm going to take the Falcons getting six and a half points. Again, I think Baltimore wins it probably. By a field goal. Same deal with uh, with DC going to San Francisco. Okay, I think Washington. I, I would take San Fran to win the game, and I did pick him to win the game. But in this case, I believe uh, Washington DC they hang on and cover the spread. Philadelphia goes to Dallas minus four and a half. I'm going to pick Dallas at home to bounce back. Pittsburgh laying two against the Raiders. Definitely taking Las Vegas, getting two points on the road. Green Bay and Miami. The Dolphins minus three and a half. That's too much for me. 
It's a bad number, three and a half. I'm going to play the odds here and take the, uh, the the visiting Green Bay Packers getting the hook. If it was three, yeah, I'd probably side with Miami. I, I, I do think Miami wins the game, but I think Green Bay covers the three and a half. I, I see this game being like a 24-21 victory for the Dolphins. All right, Denver goes to LAR. Um, they're done. They, they've just have quit. Denver's awful, too, but I'm going to take them on the road getting three as they visit Los Angeles. Tampa Bay minus seven and a half in Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona. I like Tampa Bay to win. I mean, Tom Brady, Trace McSorley, that is your matchup. I just can't figure out what's going on with with Tampa Bay. They're going to have to bounce back after crumbling a week ago against Cincinnati, but Again, I think the Bucks win it, but I think Arizona at home covers the seven and a half. Let's wrap it up. Monday night football, Chargers and Indianapolis. I'm going to take LAC, Nick Foles, Justin Herbert. I hate the four. I typically never would play a four. I just don't think the Colts can do anything now after, you know, surrendering the biggest comeback in the history of the National Football League. So there you go. Everything is in. Bet against Blue. The teams I picked, I am betting against. All right, JJ, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Have Merry a good Christmas. one. Merry Christmas. You and Richie, yes. you have a good weekend. Yes, thank you to uh, to Richie uh, for doing everything for us here with the engineering, for JJ back in the studio. Thank you to the Philly Rooster as well. Uh, next time we will talk will be Tuesday. Uh, 6 to 8 on Tuesday. And then I believe we're on 3 to 6 Wednesday. So the schedule is going to change a little bit next week because a lot of folks are on vacation. Thank you to all. Have a happy and safe Christmas. We'll talk again next Tuesday right here on your Home of the Jaguars.